You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Most of us have had a shocking experience before. Not a surprising or unexpected experience, but a shocking one. If you can remember your childhood, it probably involved a balloon, some shag carpet, and a pair of wool socks. All you had to do was drag your feet, and then watch as that balloon magically stuck to your head. Until you zapped your friend with your finger, that is. But not everyone has been limited to tools such as carpet and balloons. No, some people have had much more power at their disposal. And no one, it seems, had more than a 14-year-old French girl named Angelique. She was born in 1831 in the town of La Perrier, and as far as I can tell, her early years were unremarkable. But in 1845, something changed. She had been working with other women in a clothier that manufactured gloves on oak weaving frames, and for a very long while, things were normal and safe. But suddenly, all of that changed when she reached for the oak frame, and it moved away from her hand. Some of the women working near her claimed that even if she simply stood near the equipment, it would vibrate and rattle as if an invisible hand were thrashing it around. Now, this was the 19th century in Europe, in a very deeply Catholic region, so what happened next makes a bit of sense. Her parents and employer all agreed that Angelique must be possessed by a demon. I mean, what else could produce those kinds of effects? So a priest was called for, and an exorcism was performed. But when it was over, nothing had changed. In fact, things seemed to be getting worse rather quickly. Once, she entered a room and approached a large chair that witnesses estimated to have weighed at least 60 pounds. But the power inside her forced the chair across the floor and then up the opposite wall, as if it were repelled by a powerful magnet. There were medical tests, of course. One physician determined that when the unusual events like that were taking place, Angelique's heart rate would increase dramatically. Others noticed that one side of her body was warmer than the other. Good record-keeping and a lot of experimenting also taught them that her powers were more active in the evening, and would sometimes vanish altogether for a couple of days before returning unannounced. Eventually, Angelique was studied by the smartest people in the land, and they all had no idea what was happening inside her body. Finally, in 1846, French physicist Francois Arago published his findings in a scholarly journal, concluding that the girl simply suffered from an abundance of electromagnetism. There were more tests and more experiences, and all of them, I have to say, were more than a little shocking. Once, hoping that they could test the limits of her powers, two strong men were charged with holding down a chair while Angelique approached it to sit. Before she could reach it, though, the chair splintered into dozens of pieces. Thankfully, the men weren't harmed by the accident. 
But life was becoming difficult for Angelique. Because furniture moved away from her, she was unable to sleep in a bed or sit in a chair. The best her parents could manage was a stone slab covered in cork, something her powers apparently couldn't affect. It seemed as though she was doomed to a life of difficulty and unintended accidents. Thankfully, all of that changed later in 1846. Her parents finally decided that they could find answers in Paris, and so they packed her up as best they could and began the long, difficult journey across France. Once there, though, the greatest scientific minds were stumped by a different problem. Angelique's amazing magnetism seems to have vanished. What it was, we'll never know. But it's clear that Angelique Cotine had a special gift, if even just for a little while. But looking back, I can't blame her or her family for being frightened and confused. She was doing things that no person should be able to do. And if that happened to you or me, I'm sure that we'd probably be more than a little shocked. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. When she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier, and these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head-on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Few things are truly limitless. Sure, it might be fun to imagine winning the lottery and bringing home a check for $100 million. But depending on how you spend it, that well could run dry before you retire. It used to be thought that there was a nearly endless supply of buffalo in the American West, but human activity and overhunting put an end to that idea pretty quickly, and nearly put an end to the buffalo itself. And it's that search for the limitless that's at the root of so many of history's great quests, too. The Philosopher's Stone that so many alchemists were looking for, it would have dispensed limitless life. 
the recipe that finally would transform lead to gold? You guessed it, limitless wealth. But at the beginning of the 18th century, Johann was looking for something different. For him, the ultimate pursuit was unlimited energy. To be more specific, he dreamed of a device that could generate more energy than he put into it. It's one of the holy grails of physics, and has been for centuries. And you've heard of it, too. They refer to it as a perpetual motion machine. Well, as it happened, in late 1717, Johann believed that he had cracked it. He was working under the patronage of a wealthy count in what is now modern Germany, and after a handful of less successful attempts, he had finally built a machine that he kept locked in a room, safe from prying eyes and meddlesome hands. And if he was correct, he had made history. His first attempt at perpetual motion took place in 1712, at the young age of just 32. His device resembled a large wheel, about three feet in diameter and four inches thick. But Johann was a paranoid sort of guy. Yes, he wanted to demonstrate his efforts, but he was also worried about all the other scientists who came to inspect it. The following year, he displayed a new and improved version of the device in Leipzig. This one was also a wheel, but over six feet in diameter. All one needed to do was give the wheel a gentle spin, and the mechanism inside would take over, increasing the speed over time. It could even be connected to gears that would allow the rotational force to raise and lower heavy objects, all without slowing down or needing another push. In 1715, that wheel was tested by a group of experts, much to Johann's chagrin. When they were done, though, their report was glowing. Johann's perpetual motion machine was real. But the response from others in the scientific community was less than encouraging. People who had never examined the device made fun of Johann, calling him a crackpot and a fraud. Naturally, that didn't sit well with him. Still, he had enough success to convince him that it was a good idea to change his name to something that sounded a lot more like a Greek philosopher, and began referring to himself as Orphirius. And then he retreated to Germany and took funding from that wealthy count that I mentioned earlier. After building his third and final perpetual motion device in a gardening shed on the Count's property, he moved the contraption indoors, where it could be locked up and guarded around the clock. When he finally felt that his masterpiece was ready, he sent out new invitations to have it inspected, just as before, and a number of scientists took him up on the offer. Sometime in the winter of 1717 to 1718, those investigators arrived. Johann unlocked the door to the room where his magical device awaited them, and then let the men get to work. And needless to say, they were impressed. One of the men, Willem Jacob Gravesand, actually wrote up his findings and sent them to the English mathematician Sir Isaac Newton. As far as everyone who witnessed it was concerned, Johann had done it. Of course, everyone wanted to know how it all worked, but Johann was a stubborn guy. These were smart men, and they could very easily take his explanation and go make their own. No, he wanted payment for access to their inner workings, and he named his sum, an exorbitant amount of money, from what I've read. No one took the bait. In fact, no one even nibbled. And with no payment offered, Johann decided that if he couldn't sell the device's secrets, then no one should ever discover them for free. So that night, he locked himself in the machine's room with nothing more than his distraught mental state and a large axe, and proceeded to chop the device to pieces. As you might imagine, Johann's wealthy patron didn't like what the inventor had done. How could he get a return on his investment if the machine was in pieces? 
A short while later, Johann found himself out on the street. Poor Johann Bessler would be an aimless wanderer for another 27 years, finally passing away in 1745. And all of that effort, all that time and money and energy that he poured into his device, well, in the end, it netted him nothing in return. Quite the opposite of what his device was designed to accomplish. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.